Hey, it's KCG. I'm Hayashi. And I'm Vince the Alien. We're three creative souls who love music. Especially when it's paired with wine. And this is... Back That that Class Up. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Welcome back to Back That Glass Up. We are very excited to be back after our little break last week. We missed each other very much. And we missed you guys very much, and we are excited to hop into episode 10. This is going to be our first episode where we are reviewing an album suggested by you guys. And uh, we're excited about the album today. We'll let you guys know what it is in a second. Um, But before we hop into that, we want to take one second, or more than one second, because he deserves more than one second, (laughs) to give a shout out to DMX. We are very sad to hear of his passing. And uh, we send a bunch of love to his family and to his friends, his kids, to everyone that he impacted and that he knew. Um, you know, just shout out to DMX. And we wanted to give the floor to Casey because DMX was someone that was very special to Casey and her mom. And uh, I know she has some really beautiful thoughts about DMX. So, Casey, the floor is yours. All right, guys, I'm going to try to get, <clears throat> get through this without crying. But I just want to say rest in peace to Earl Simmons, obviously, DMX. Um, he was such an integral part of my childhood in terms of, I mean, I have a relatively young mother. Um, I'm not going to say how many years apart we are because she would literally come through this TV screen and kill me. But, um, (laughs) she, she always put me up, you know, on the music she was listening to. And in 1998, I mean, we got Rough Riders Anthem from a teenage Swiss Beats. I think that was actually his first record. Which is crazy as fuck, um, and it it literally just catapulted DMX into superstardom. Um, I mean, I remember even hearing. I, I will never forget this. So, my sister had like one of those journals that was like, "This is my best friend. Her name is so and so. Her favorite color is this." And my aunt signed it, and she said on her favorite song that it was slip in by dmx like that those are the memories that i have of him and just hearing his music um i i was just so touched by him and then especially i'm wearing my Aaliyah shirt today but like seeing someone who was my idol growing up and seeing how much of a relationship she had with dmx as well felt like i was doing something right in a sense in terms of like my mom loved this person, I love this person. So like there are two people in music that I can always rely on, and like it's just good. I don't I don't know if that even made sense, but um, yeah, no, that makes sense. I I will say too, and I'm gonna try to keep this short. Um, his legacy is one that's gonna live on forever, and his the reason that he's an icon is because he his music is so palpable like you feel the pain you understand what's going on he's also one of the only rappers that has been extremely brutally honest about addiction about religion about standing up and who he is as a person and being like i have all of these fucking demons but i'm trying to help myself for the sake of my kids my family everybody his loved ones and um what's funny is he touched so many generations too. I mean, someone on Twitter was like, you're never going to hear a grandparent not mm. say, y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here. Like they're <laughs> always going to say that. <clears throat> and that comes from him. And then too, it's like crossing, I guess like cultural like boundaries too, in terms of like, 
I will never not go to the club and not hear party at mm-hmm. my DMX. I will always fucking yes. hear it in the club. And white people are dancing to it, and they don't even understand, like, the magnitude of who DMX is. Um, and he actually said about Party Up, he's like, that's not for the club, but we always hear it, and this is his legacy. And He wants people to know that that song is going to be his legacy for the rest of eternity, and it is. Um, and I think he only wanted to impress himself. Like, he was always on a path to just understanding himself and making himself the best that he can be. And I will never forget, last story, my mom had called me. It was right after Kanye had did his um, Sunday service at Coachella and DMX had showed up. But DMX was scheduled to be in the Bay at a concert that my mom was going to and she was a little nervous. And the promoters had like sent out emails like, hey, DMX is running late. And my mom had gone to the show. Luckily, it was only a few blocks away from our house. So she walked there. Um, And she said she waited for two hours for DMX. And she was pissed at that point. But she said that when he came out, it was the best concert she's ever been to. And she sent me videos, and I was in awe. Like, all of you little little rappers or whatever the fuck your names are, you need to learn how to perform. This man is in his 50s, and he was giving you guys a run for your money. I mean, my mom told me at one point he was up in the Raptors rapping and was on top of speakers, and that's just who he is. And I, I just, my heart breaks for his family. That's all that I'm thinking about. And I just want to say, like, for DMX, like, you showed me so many things in terms of, like, just being accountable for yourself and not giving up on yourself and that's super admirable to me and that's it that's all I'm gonna say so yeah I love that (laughs) no problem I think I was was all over the place and just like a little ratchet (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) hey that's all right Uh, yeah shout out to DMX and uh rest in power we'll miss you we're gonna take a quick break and then we will be right back. All right, welcome back from the break. Before we hop into our first question from you guys, we are going to let you guys know what we are drinking today. So, Mr. Hayashi, our sommelier, let us know what we are drinking. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. My friend Angie is the sweetest. Shout out to Angie. Ever. We love you so much. She and her husband, Dan, went to Paso Robles for their anniversary. And Angie and Dan picked up a bottle of wine for us from Denner Vineyards. And I just thought that was the sweetest thing. Um, So sweet. So thank you again, Angie and Dan. Um, This is their 2020 rosé. And it's really good. Like, this is probably one of top top five rosés I've had ever. Okay. It's really good. So when I first opened the bottle, like, I chilled it, and then I, you know, did a little sniff sniff. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's... Sniff um, sniff, bitch. The- <laughs> I'm so done with you. <laughs> um... That's not the proper term. So the nose, um, you know what? It's very crisp. 
it's citrusy and it's so weird because like when i smelled it the first time it smelled a little buttery which like sounds mm. weird but for a rose yeah. yeah and i took a sip and it was super smooth um it, this is a really really good rosé so if you ever come across it please pick it up again it's denner vineyards from paso robles and yeah thank you again angie and dan love thank you thank you angie thank you angie, angie. And, thank and i'm you. and i'm willing to babysit zeppelin whatever you guys want i'm just saying zeppelin <laughs> zeppelin is their cat and he's so cute he is really that's cute. such a great name right zep i love that yeah well yes definitely shout out to angie and dan thank you guys so much we really really appreciate it and we are very grateful for you guys um so as we're continuing our fan questions suggestions for wine and yeah. albums we're gonna hop into one of the first questions that we have and it's from this <laughs> loser from los angeles named io <laughs> Um, that's my best friend that's my best friend and so the question that we have that we're first going to talk about is what do you think the roles of artists and musicians are in our current cultural climate do you think they have a responsibility or no Whew, that's a heavy one so <laughs> as always we're going to do ladies first um and then we'll just kind of see where this conversation diverges to it Casey, if you want to take the floor first, it is all yours. Sure. I want to preface in saying artists are not raising your children. I mean, we talked about this with yes. Lil Nas X. Like, they are not raising your children. I do... Th Just a friendly reminder. Right. <laughs> I do think that with platforms, you should be very intentional, like we also talked about, with what you are putting out in terms of your cultural... Cultural? In terms of your heritage, culture, etc. I'm going to use this example. So my very good friend Tigray is Ethiopian and there is a crazy genocide going on there right now. Um, and The Weeknd, who is also Ethiopian, has literally said nothing about it. I mean, even on the Super Bowl, said nothing, was extremely quiet. And I think that he had put out a statement a week ago. But the issue is you could have done this on your platform, even... The Super Bowl maybe even wasn't even the best place for you to do it, but like you could have done this a while ago. And I think that there are a lot of artists that need to be using their voice and speaking up, especially because you are the first ones to kind of talk about how unfairly you're treated in the music industry. It's like, think about all of the other people that support you as well. Um, and I would also like to see a lot of artists be a little bit more vocal in terms of diversity in the music industry like i would like to see them say like support women support black women so many black women in the industry are it's like the best kept secret we can make your songs travis scott and jay-z we can write your lyrics ariana grande but we're never going to be in the forefront and that's extremely fucking unfair um mm -hmm. and i'm not shading any of you because i love every single person that i named but i'm just saying i i would like to see a little bit more representation and i would like to see a little artists at least um, come to the defense of these people a little bit more um, and I think right now too the world is watching you I mean we're still on the tail end of quarantine everybody has their phone in their hands mm. it takes yeah. nothing for you to I agree. on Instagram and Twitter 
that's my spiel. You know, off top, when I heard the question, I was like, um, just speaking from my own personal experience and like my relationship with social media, I don't, I'm, social media and I are on the outs right now. Like, I just don't like it. And I feel like if you don't want to, say something or you don't want to post something you don't have to necessarily but that being Mm -hmm. said when you are a public figure and you're a celebrity and you're an artist and you touch a lot of people and you have that type of reach I think it does behoove you to have a voice and use the platform that you have you know all the fame and all the money and all these amazing things comes with a price and the responsibility that you have to your fans and to the world is that you, I do, I, I agree. I think that more artists and more public figures should be coming out and speaking their mind and standing up for not just their own people and their own, culture and their own family but for everybody else because the mu- especially with the music industry like that yeah minorities build you up you like casey was saying you people are writing your songs people are writing your music like people people of color do everything they're doing your makeup, your styling, your photo shoots, managing you. Like, I really do think that, you know, these celebrities owe it to everybody else in the world for having those people put them in the place that they are. And that's yeah. on period, Pooh. <laughs> Literally. Legitimately. Legitimately, yes. <laughs> Um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little torn. I, I well, let me try to give some context. I think that artists should have an understanding and have an intention of impacting culture because I think that's realistically, like at the end of the day, I think that's one of that's a key role as an artist. I do think that artists should speak out, but I do think that artists should speak out to something that's also authentic mm-hmm. to themselves. Yes. When I think about my own struggles of like, I'm not this artist that's on this huge platform, like who has this huge following. Um, I'm an independent artist that's still growing. And, but I think about uh, just on my like human level, I feel like there's so much shit that's happening in the world. And I think kind of going back to your point, Michael around social media I think we're just inundated with everything like I, I, I remember one time mm-hmm. I was like there was a George Floyd thing that was happening there were LGBT people in Russia getting arrested there were people being killed in Chechnya mm-hmm. there were people in Poland there were women in Poland who are really fighting for their rights to have an abortion there are people in France fighting for the fact that like they want to wear a burqa and like the French the French people are like, nah, you can't wear that. Like, we don't appreciate your Muslim culture. 
And also at the same time, you have women in France that have to go to other countries to get abortions because France doesn't allow abortions and they have to cross. Like, like there's so much stuff that's like happening at the same time. I think that it makes it difficult. I'm talking about my own experience. I think that it makes it difficult for me to know, like, what do I post about? What do I donate to? Like, what is my cause? Like, what's important to me out of all these things? Are the most important in the sense of like where I want to make the biggest impact. There's and and there's such a strong desire in me to do all of it, <laughs> but like I also know realistically like I can't. So I do think it's important for artists to make statements and be and have an impact on culture. But I do think that that it needs to be authentic to like who you are. Um, Casey, you've talked about this before too. Like I think Megan The Stallion talking about get your it's like teaching women like hey get your education is like something that's very authentic Mm -hmm. to her you know like she fought for getting her education while it was something that was super important to her while also working towards becoming megan the stallion um and that's something that's super authentic to her so it makes sense to me for her to stand up in that um i think and that's why I think, like, it needs to be authentic to who you are. I think a lot of artists feel this pressure to be like, oh, you know, I'm this artist that tells kids about their dreams and that they can make it and they can do anything that they want to do in the world. And, like, and like sometimes it's not actually authentic. Right. Like, like it's just kind of like this expected thing that you're supposed to do as an artist. <laughs> right. Um, so I do think it's really important for artists. In summary, like, I really feel like it's important for artists to find find a cause be vocal about it, but be also like authentic to it. But also to your point too, Casey, like it is important, especially when you think about it from the context of the music, the music industry to really give credit where credit is due for the songwriters, the producers, the engineers, like all those people that are behind the music that are actually making this dream or vision of you as an artist come to fruition like actually manifest it into the world like it's definitely important to give that credit especially for women in the industry because and queer people and like yes. you know like yes yeah i mean and not just not just poc too like queer people asian people like like there's so many people involved and even like white women too like there's a bunch of white writers in the industry that don't get any credit um so yes i definitely think it's important to have to know what your cause is be strong and vocal about it but also know that you can't like carry every single situation that comes up on instagram yeah can i piggyback off you really quick oh my yeah, god please, clubhouse please. is ruining my life um so <laughs> basically i i feel the exact same way where it's like don't put the content out if you're not about to do anything that whole black square mm-hmm. shit that everybody was doing blackout tuesday it was amazing. The women that started it, I support you fully 100%. But a lot of these, and I'm going to call you guys, I honestly don't care. A lot of these agencies, publishing companies, touring companies posting this black square and then saying that they were going to do something and not actually doing anything about it. You should have just kept your mouth shut and not done anything, honestly, at that point. Because it's like now you're, now you're just it's performative activism that's what it is yeah. and it's like i'm so sick of that yes. shit can i also say too new york post yes. 
don't have a Twitter account anymore. I blocked you for so fucking long because you constantly, whenever a person of color is killed, murdered, or passes away, you are the first people to point out the wrongdoings, quote unquote, of the person that's passed away. You literally had someone sit up there and write an article about DMX and bitch, if I see you, just know it's on site. I honestly don't care. Um, but they like <laughs> sorry, I'm going to... yeah. They They're basically trying were to justify like, it. They were like, these are all the homes that foreclosed while DMX was alive, and it's like, bitch, are you fucking serious? Like he's sitting in a hospital bed, literally passing away, fighting for his life, and you're putting that shit out. But again. It's because you want to perpetuate this idea that this is why this person of color should have passed away. And I'm honestly so tired of it. I read through all of your bullshit and I don't want to see it anymore. Um, I also want to say too, if we're going to be on this topic, when we're talking about performative activism, we can just go straight into the Kardashians because you've taken everything from black women. And then you, you, Oops. Do not want to talk about how much. I'm sorry, I'm going off right now. I don't know go if it's off, the wine, if it's just the spirit of DMX in me that's just rising. Um, if you want to talk about performative, performative activism, you can look directly at the Kardashians because you want to sit up here and have black children talk black, look black, take all of black women's culture and then you're the first one to disparage them you're the first ones to try to tear them down and honestly i'm over it don't post anything about black lives matter because we know that you don't care and that's it damn sorry well, Word. <laughs> i'm sorry go off no you don't have to apologize but i mean i think you bring up a good point like i think at the, the i think that's why i somewhat feel the way that i feel because i think in this time, there is a lot of performative activism on a celebrity level, Mm -hmm. on a non-celebrity level. I mean, I think about the kinds of conversations that I have with like some of my white friends, you know, when when the George Floyd situation happened and how that like really impacted the entire country and even outside of the country. Like a lot of the conversations were around what do I do instead of just post something on Instagram? Because I think in our culture, like, and this isn't like shitting on anyone because it's just a part of our culture. We get a lot of information through social media and then we end up sharing it. And in our minds, we're like, yes, like I've shared this and like I'm educating someone else. But a lot of the things that really are impact, social media is impactful significantly impactful but it's impactful but it's one piece of the puzzle it's also about like having conversations that don't just happen on Mm -hmm. social media like having conversations around education so i do think that the other side of it too is we don't always know what celebrities are doing like i think I don't know why, but I just thought about, like, Beyonce, for example. I just like, wrote her name down. Beyonce posts stuff on Instagram about Black Lives Matter and da 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 But Beyonce also is, like, donating and, like, putting in the work. And she has her beat. And this isn't me standing Beyonce. It's just me using her as an example <laughs> of, like, someone who's doing the work. There's so many people that are doing There's a guy named – I'm going to say his name wrong. But, like, I think it's, like, George – um Lamartisek or something. He's a lawyer and he has a big social media presence, but he is out there doing the work. Like 
Stacey Abrams is doing the Stacey work. Stacey like, Abrams. And these people aren't just, aren't just posting on social media, but they're utilizing the power and the impact of social media. But they're also doing the work, you know? So I think... I think sometimes we have to be careful because there are some artists that are doing the work and they may not particularly be like on a microphone saying, hey, watch me do this. Stop this. Right. Yeah. You know, because um, that's really impactful, too. And I think sometimes it can be easy for us, including myself, to look through a lens of this person didn't post anything or this person hasn't put up a YouTube video about this. But that person might actually be like down at the courthouse yeah. <laughs> using their influence to be like, hey, bro, like we need to have a talk or. Um, uh, never mind, I'm not gonna bring Uh-oh. it up. It was going to be about that Kanye and Donald Trump oh, meeting, but, <laughs> no, no, but no, no, no. we ain't going there. Well, but yeah, but, you know, so I think it's important. I, I do think that artists have a say and they do. They should say something, but it has to be authentic to them and there has to be work put behind it and not just like the performative aspect of things. Well, how about this? For starters, just be a nice person. Like you don't, I don't care if you are posting a million things a day, doing this and that, just be a fucking nice person. And that's all I ask. And just really quick on the topic of performative activism, don't get me fucking started. And I know I'm starting myself up on this, but don't get me started on <laughs> The Bachelor because I will uh, go all the way off. Like, just because you, like, oh my God, I just need to collect myself. <laughs> just because you <laughs> cast a black bachelor doesn't mean shit. Like, look what happened. Like, how about you internally hire more black people, especially black women, mm. in that context of, like, dating. And on top of that, when you have, all like, one man and all these women, or vice versa, like, I don't trust the men to be, like, calling the shots in there because they're going <laughs> to act all the way up. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm going to say this, that Bachelor that came out as gay, period. Mm. I'm, that's a separate conversation that that's we will have. That's a separate conversation, but that, that's a well, real we're conversation. We're going to be this we, air. We actually do because I, yes, we need to have a conversation about this. Yeah, oh we have some. God. I'm sure we have my some. Let me pour some more of this wine. But, uh. <laughs> but no, Vincent, what you. Oh, okay. But what you did say was good. I, I do agree with you with people doing things behind the scenes. I mean, that's why Nipsey Hussle is such an amazing person. Buying up the block yes. doesn't need it to mm-hmm. be. And also, I just want to end on this. We're going through a lot of trauma right now. You don't need to post about it if you don't feel comfortable. If you're, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that black people, people of color, Asian people are tired of posting about our trauma. We just are. So I just hope you guys take care of yourselves. That's real. Yeah. Ultimately, take care of yourself. <laughs> like Casey said, take care of yourself. Be nice. Be kind, like Michael said. And be authentic to you. Like, Vince the aliens. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Self quote. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and hop into the album that we are reviewing today, which is <laughs> Jasmine Sullivan Hotel. It's lit. <laughs> Lord. Welcome back, everybody. Listen, if you were a fly on the wall on the conversation we just had, I just, I I don't even know. (laughs) But as we said before, um, this week we are reviewing Hotels by Jasmine Sullivan. Oh my God. Y'all, this album, crazy. crazy. So it's, it's so crazy and it's so real, which I think is why it was Mm -hmm. received so well. Um, So I was doing a little bit of research before the episode and I saw that Jasmine was talking about like how they were coming off of reality show, which she released in 2015. And she got with her, um, her, her team and they were talking about like, you know, what's the next step? What are we going to do? And they kind of decided on working on more of like a concept project. So it wasn't going to be a full length album. It's going to be more of an, um, an EP. And she was going through a lot of like writing block and like singing, like singers block. And she just felt so disconnected from the way that she moves and like the way that she writes and the way that she works on projects. And this, is a great example of just pushing through and trusting the process even if the process is not what you are used to and you're crying and have tears (laughs) and your mascara is running down your face all the way through that process Mm -hmm. just keep pushing because she was saying she felt so lost on like she didn't even know where to start and she was calling her girlfriends and she was crying like I just feel so out of my element I can't right i don't know what i'm doing as far as like vocals and um she was doing an interview and the interviewer asked her like did you have an aha moment where you're like okay yes this is what this album's gonna be this is what i want to tell this is the story i want to tell and she was like (laughs) literally absolutely not like it just kind of the pieces came together in a way she didn't expect and Just as like a creative person, I really Mm -hmm. can relate with that. And I respect her so much because, you know, when you are in those places, when you have some sort of block and like the natural creativity you have isn't flowing and you're not used and you're not working the way you're used to, that's hard. And it's super easy to just be like, all right, cool, I'm going to give up. But what was really inspiring, and I kind of just mentioned this, is that you have to push through and just trust yourself. And she did that and look at what she created. An amazing, amazing, raw, honest album. And I know Casey, you had a little bit of information about how it kind of was received by the critics. If you wanna let us know a little bit about that. Yeah, so this has been regarded as a concept album and it says it's a schematic, a schematic, a successor to I'm not even going to read that. Basically, it's just saying that it is kind of highly <laughs> revered and it's, it's, as, it's as close to... <laughs> sorry, guys. 
it's as close to the miseducation of Lauren Hill as possible. And I got mm, that because remember on the miseducation of Lauren Hill, mm. there were all of the, yeah, there were all of those interludes where like her and her friends are talking, you know, but Jasmine actually says, hotels is about my observation of today's women standing in their power and owning who they are. No longer is mm. the male patriarchy dictating what it means to be a good girl. The truth is women of all ages have been called a hoe at some point in our life, whether deserved or not, by some man trying to put us in our place. A place designed to keep us under control, out of the way, and that usually be is beneath him. We all have a journey to make, and it's our choice alone how we get there. And I thought that that was the most amazing that is thing good. about this. And it did. Like, I really felt like this out. I mean, I told the guys before we started recording, this album made me want to drink wine, put on some Savage X Fenty, <laughs> call someone I maybe don't care about. <laughs> And you know, send them on their way when I'm done. But yeah, I, I just your Uber's <laughs> outside. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm gonna call you an Uber. Right, right. Oh, here see, I'm actually there. not calling either. You can call them, but I'm just gonna yes. let you know, like how you get them is time. you call the Uber for them, and then you can right. Can, can you, you let, let my post me in when you're? Uh, what you do leave. is you call them an Uber, and then you have Uber send them the bill. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you reroute it to them. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Get on your Uber account. Yeah, no, I agree, Casey. Like, it was such a really great album and so much fun to feel that kind of energy. Just like this true, authentic, mm -hmm. honest ownership of my struggles with sexuality, my body, um, how I want to express my sexuality, and working through those unfortunate um, boundaries that a lot of men in society put on women. And stepping in and being like, no, nah, dude, like, mm -hmm. I want to own my body the way that I want to own my body. And just like you have been taught to own your sexuality, you've been taught that all the power is in the dick. Like, <clears throat> I want to break that shit and remind you that, like, no, nah, like, pussy is power <laughs> and it's mine and I mm -hmm. own it and you don't. <laughs> like, so good. <laughs> she talks about, like, men wanting mm -hmm. to conquer women and went through their own egos but check this like yeah. women have those same emotions yeah. and like same feelings and they want to do the same yeah. to you but i what i found really interesting is that she kind of digs a little bit into that dynamic of like yeah we kind of like co-sign you know sort of the emotions that yeah. men feel towards women yeah. but let me like don't get it twisted like this is still our court like we're running we're calling the shots this is 100%. our show and i really liked that no i will say too with this album like i i used to be so scared to get called a hoe and then like as i got older i was like sex is something that i can dictate it's something that i can control in terms of like mm -hmm. i'm choosing who i want to have it with i'm choosing whether i want to have feelings invested in this or not i'm choosing what i want to do and I think this album is, and that's so weird because I've like never said that out loud, but it's like 
this album is like the embodiment of that too. And I think also there was one of, hold on, I think it's Antoinette's tale mm-hmm. where she said, she was like, niggas cannot handle if a woman takes the same liberties as them. And that's exactly yeah. what men think. They get so, as soon as you're like, I'm going to dog you like you've dogged me, the girl's automatically called a hoe. Yep. She's automatically a hoe. And it's and unfortunate how much that's like perpetuated. And like, I'm glad that you gave that backstory, Michael, about the reality series situation. Cause I didn't know that was a part of this backstory because that was honestly listening to this EP, which first of all, let me say, <laughs> I'm happy that it was 30 minutes. <laughs> I feel like my patience has gotten so slim. <laughs> I was like, I looked at the runtime and I was like, like oh, blank. yes, 30 minutes. This is great. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I, de- I thought about basically every fucking reality TV show that is on VH1 that, <laughs> like, employs black people. <laughs> like, I just thought about all those shows and mm-hmm. just thinking about, and honestly, I have to be real, like it was, this album was a great challenge for me because I think sometimes, you know, me being queer, I think sometimes we as queer people forget that, especially queer men, like we we forget sometimes that we still have been indoctrinated into certain types of ideas around, around manhood. And I think sometimes we forget that we have to check yeah. ourselves too because I, I listening to... Listening to um, Girl Like Me, for example, listening to that album. Oh, and also, I mean, I'm sorry, Girl Like Me, but also The Other Side. It gave me a check. It checked me because I think sometimes I, just to be honest, like sometimes I feel disappointed when I watch those like VH1 shows because I'm just like, man, like why y'all got to do this? <laughs> like, why, like, why do y'all have to be like this? And it was a good check for me. And I, and most of the time, it's a feeling towards the men and the women on the show. So it's not just the women. But I think it was a good check for me to realize, like, yo, like, this may not be your experience, Vince the alien. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't make th- that experience invalid that lived experience invalid, that desire to have a bigger butt or to find someone that is like financially secure and do everything that you need to do to get out of a specific situation that you grew up in. And so that re- that reality TV aspect of it was really yeah. powerful for me to check myself and like fight against my own ego as, I don't know if it has to do completely with my, my manhood, but it is a part of a patriarchal thought. Um, that was good for me to challenge within myself, too. Well, that's what she was talking about also mm-hmm. on oh. um, price tags. Because you can't judge somebody for what they're doing, how they act. If you're a gold digger and like you're looking for somebody who mm-hmm. is like has money, it's easy on the surface to be like, oh my God, I would never do that. But when you look deeper 
and you understand their background and their intentions and their motivation, like if somebody has never ever had anything in their life and grew mm-hmm. up with literally nothing and you judge them for wanting to find a better life and like working towards that, no matter what the avenue yeah. is, you can't say shit because that's not your experience. That experience is that person's and you can't say yeah. anything about What's it. funny is I have a friend like, or nope, she's not my friend. I have someone in my life that was like this. Where I I judged, sorry, I judged them a lot because I never understood why securing a man with money was like the end goal. And then mm-hmm. hearing that interlude too, I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. You're right. Like you didn't have a lot growing up, and it's it's very internal. Yes. My only issue with that person is that they weren't a good friend in the meantime. Like I am. I am really trying to work on myself and not Mm -hmm. judging at all. And I could have not judged this person, but I was like, my thing is you can be a gold digger and I am totally fine with that, but you're a shitty friend. So that was kind of like the harder thing to realize. Yeah. That kind of ties into like Amanda's tale, which is that intro, Mm -hmm. because I think to be vulnerable where my struggle is with it was, isn't, I mean, I'm not going to act like it's just disappeared. But like where I'm still working through the judgment is I think sometimes, and this is for both men and women and in between, like I think it's important to know that you are worthy regardless of if you get your butt done or if you are doing Botox or if you are dating someone who is rich or if you are the rich person that someone is dating. I think that is the. I think that's something I struggle with because I just want to make sure people are feeling good within themselves, and then making the conscious decision of like, oh yeah, I, I want to get my butt done, but I feel I still feel fucking good about who I am as a person. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know. Or even how you bust it open, <laughs> like. <laughs> well, totally. Totally can cool I, too. Can I also just say a lot of this album has reminded me because I remember whose interlude it is oh it's ari's inner or ari's, ari's tale and then um, yo rashida's <laughs> tale so they they coincided for me a lot and what i'm only gonna say is because i can't really break down the story is please have sex with people that actually respect you like that's mm, all that's i'm real. asking because outside yeah. of like they can be a booty call i've had really good sex with like friends with benefits because they respected me and I've had really bad sex with people who said that they cared about me and it just they don't respect you you know what I mean so it's like please do that but I also loved on this album Mm -hmm. that she tried to hold the women accountable to also be like you guys do some toxic shit too and that's why with Rashida's tale I was like I've been the person on the back end Mm. that has burned somebody so bad not literally but like you know, just hurt somebody's feelings so bad. And I still regret it to this day. Um, but then I've also been Ari's tale where <laughs> I want to quote girls once again. I know I suck. But um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she said in one episode, she said, good, good dick is a prison. And it is. <laughs> <laughs> good dick is a prison. Wait. <laughs> 
Ari said the dick spoke oh life God. into her. That was amazing. <laughs> when she said, um, if ever if this ever came out who it was, you would be like, bitch, do you know what Google says? Mm. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But I also know what that dick said. <laughs> that dick Ari spoke Lennox. life into me. Invigoration. Blessings, soul, and turmoil. I was like, yes. But okay, the reason I cry over this interlude all the time, like literally I'm in tears, is because she's so like just humble and very sweet. Even like, I don't know if you guys saw she did an interview with Summer Walker, and Summer's like, Yeah, I got my whole body down. She was like, and I don't know if Ari was high or what was going on, but she's like, Summer. You got your booty done. So, <laughs> so even to hear this interlude, I was in tears. Because I'm like, she's so innocent and just like so nice. And Ari, if you're listening to this, which you're probably not, I'm a bottle of wine <laughs> hey, for you. We can smoke a blunt at my house. I'm <laughs> Wait, so that's funny because, yeah, Ari really could <laughs> be acting out like that. Because I, in an interview, Jasmine said that Ari had sent her like the track of like what she did and you know she's Ari's like oh spit on it saying you know and Jasmine like really went back and forth between the lyrics she's like man I don't know about that she's like please can you change it like I just think it's too much for the church ladies and in the end she ended up leaving it and she was like, I'm so glad that I did because it just like oh, added to the boldness mm-hmm. of of the track. And I was like, you know what? I respect it. And the interviewer was like, well, how do you think the church ladies feel? And Jasmine was like, the church ladies know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's like, a that real shit. That's like a word. That's a word. It was like a... Tr- um, someone who was Nigerian and like Nigerian parents are always talking about don't have sex before marriage. Ma'am, I am in your wedding photos. And I was dying. <laughs> I'm in your wedding photos. So what are you talking about? No sex before marriage. <laughs> Yo. Explain right. that. Explain oh. that. No, that's for sure. Oh, Honestly, God. that's one of my favorite things about this album is there are there is this really interesting conversation about like religion, godlyhood, like black black culture around church and the acceptance of like sexuality and owning your sexuality and and whether that owning the of owning of your sexuality is I want to be having I want to be racking up bodies <laughs> like the first track or I want to wait till marriage like however you express it is like how you express it and you can own it the way you would like to. And, you know, it makes me think about Donna's tale. Like listening to Donna's tale was so funny to me because it just made me think about these amazing black women just sitting around having these funny and raw conversations about sexuality and about the dick and how the dick can be a prison and all that kind of stuff. But then the other thing that it made me think about is there's this really good book actually it's called Sexuality in the Black Church. A womanist perspective. Oh. And the author is Kelly B. Douglas. Ooh. And I read this book and it's really good. She basically, she like tackles this very like taboo subject about sexuality that's been avoided within the black church. 
and within the black community, she talks a lot about how the black church has kind of limited our understanding as people of color who are particip- who have participated in church around sexuality and what that means to us um, and how she kind of how that struggle has kind of silenced a lot of black women to feel confident enough to talk about sexuality and how important it is to us as human beings. Um, so listening to that was just like, this is great. Especially when she was like, my favorite part when she was like, yeah, she raw with it. She raw with it. She's telling the truth. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is so <laughs> no, good. And the fact that, there's an organ playing in the background, so it's right. like gospel was like my favorite part. It's so good. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Like Michael brought this up like before we started talking about before we started recording. I think a lot of our favorite parts about this album is the intros. Cause I think the intros are so raw and honest and vulnerable and true and just authentic. And I think so many people can like like Casey um, like alluded to like you can relate to so many of these different intros. Um, yeah, it's 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 really smart. It's really smart. The I, all the tales this the tales mm-hmm. are the meat of the album. Yeah, and honestly, I could just do without the rest of it. Like I just want to hear the stories and. Jasmine in that interview I was watching was saying like she's like yeah I know that a lot of people don't really like interludes but I really pushed and fought to have every single one that I recorded in this album and Jasmine thank you so much for pushing and fighting for that because this is why people are loving this and resonating with it and you and just just thank you because this is this is real life these are this is the experience that we have as humans and there's no denying it and why anybody who said no to having the interludes why would you deny us of sharing the human condition with each other this can i also just say because i'm ratchet on it reminded me of me because I feel like if I was a singer that would be the type of song I would have made I literally wrote down I I love that they okay. called I love that Ari called him a bitch in the first verse <laughs> she did <laughs> and I was like this is me I've arrived this is Yo, on it is this so is good me. when she said can we wait can we talk about the the unapologetic blackness of this album because it makes me think about when you watch a black film i just got finished watching them which is the show on amazon prime oh yeah i want to see that is it good it's it's interesting it's it's, heard, it's scary i heard mixed it's reviews it's it's i would uh we could have a conversation about okay. it because it, it's an interesting one okay. like i think it's worth a watch but it's not as I, like it's not as great as I anticipated. But there are a bunch of scenes, there are a bunch of things that are written in the script that are like super black. Like for example, she's there's a line where she's like, um, not today, bitch. Or like, <laughs> I got you, you motherfucker. Like these are such like 
<laughs> such like black lines. And it made what made me think about that is when she says <laughs> in on it, little bold head a little bow leg head nigga with a nine inch. <laughs> I just want to say, Jonathan, we are not, we are not tricking on broke niggas. It's not happening. I know you're trying to convince me in this album, and it's not fucking happening. Not happening. (laughs) Not. I I love love you so much. I'm not doing it. It's so good. I feel like if I wrote this album, I would be dying laughing every time I listen to it. It's so, it's a lot of comedy, but yeah. it's also like really serious conversation too, because it is this conversation of like, yo, like we as women, we as women, so I'm not a woman, but women are, I don't identify as women, but women are sick of dudes thinking that they own this. You know, and it's like, yeah. yo, like you don't. But then it also is mm-hmm. that juxtaposition, like Casey brought up and like Michael brought up, that juxtaposition of like, yeah, they don't own this, but they also can have a lot of power over it because the dick is a prison. <laughs> the dick is a prison. Like in that song, Put It Down, mm-hmm. when she's like, Ooh. when she says, I, I think she says, like, I call my girls and they ask me what is it, and I say it's the D. <laughs> it's the, it, the it's only that. It's only that. And it's like, it's just a really great, it's a great um, concept album, as you allude to, Casey. And it's also just really smart. And it's easy to digest. And I like that the lyrics are not these overcomplicated lyrics. They're just like, look, like, I really feel like I'm reading, like, someone's, like, an adult person's journal that is, like, going to therapy. And also is the fan base for Insecure. Like, it's just good. <laughs> Dude, It. I was like, this is the okay. soundtrack for Insecure, but I do also wish that I had this album in my early 20s. Mm. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to Amanda's oh, Tale, yeah. like, just her trying to figure out her power with sex, but then also Lost One punched me, like, dead in the chest yeah. where, like, I couldn't even breathe, honestly. Um, I felt that emotion and i know the person i felt it with but it also Mm. gave me a little bit of peace where i was like i'm not in that place anymore i remember that feeling but i'm not in that place anymore and it kind of empowered me but yeah i feel like we could just have a complete episode on just amanda's tale like line by line (laughs) line by line but I think the thing that I realized afterwards is that why I love this album is because it's like sort of the conversation that we have conversations that we have like on the side like it's just real and these are the real conversations that friends have and on body she really really set mm. it off because on the first verse when she says <laughs> yes. like in that lower register i'm like <laughs> okay bitch, like, let's get into it what like what are we gonna talk about i'm so excited so shot jasmine you did the damn thing i'm so proud of you this is it is definitely a classic, a classic. Instant classic. i think the other thing that was nice about it too before we like hop into a quick break like i think the thing that i really loved about it too is the fact that she for me, I haven't listened to a lot of Jasmine Sullivan's old stuff. Uh, we kind of talked about like 
we haven't really listened to a lot of her older stuff, but we have listened to some of her older stuff. And Jasmine Sullivan can sing. Like, her ass off. She can mm-hmm. sing. But the thing I really loved about this album is she was singing, but it was also like subdued. Like she found her pocket that was like, yes. yes, because I think sometimes a lot of labels, unfortunately, don't know what to do with people who can like sing and they end up like trying to create this sound that doesn't yeah. really work for them. And I love that Jasmine Sullivan was like, nah, this is what I want to do. I know I can sing, but I'm going to be restrained on this album, but still let y'all know that I'm a motherfucker singing. <laughs> it feels like she's arrived, like she's yeah. come into herself. Can I just read something? So I'm not going to say what it is, but I wrote something about her for work. Um, So Jasmine Sullivan, signing her first record deal at 15, Jasmine Sullivan went on to release three studio albums that all topped the top five spot on the Billboard R&B and hip hop charts. She's toured worldwide with Maxwell, Neo, Ryan Leslie, and has written songs for Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, Faith Evans, and Jennifer Hudson. The R&B songstress has been nominated for five Grammy Awards, four BET Awards, three double N- uh, NAACP Awards, and the Rising Star Award for Billboard Women in Music. Her latest EP, Hotels, is currently number one on the R&B charts across the country. And that's it. The one. Yeah. She's the you one. did it, Jasmine. This is, um, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. Shout out to all the women that are represented on this album thank you guys for sharing your stories with us thank you for your honesty thank you for representing all different types of women and uh shout out this is a great album shout out to jasmine and also shout out to io for choosing this album for us we appreciate it and uh thank you io i love you so much we love you i mean i don't think you're that great but we love you She's the best. You're amazing. You're my ride or die. But uh, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to hop back, and we're going to try to guess which songs are our favorites. All right, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back from the break, you guys. Again, shout out to Jasmine Sullivan. And as we said prior, we're going to play a little game of uh, guess what song is my favorite. (laughs) So um, let's start out with uh, Casey and I. Let's let Casey and I. (laughs) How about we (laughs) try to figure out what songs are Michael's favorite songs? Um, Do you want to go first, Casey? You know what? Okay, I'll try. I think that his favorite I mean, I know that they're the interludes, so I think I'm going to go Ari's <laughs> Tale, and then I think I'm going to beeline into, actually, I go to Bodies. Yeah. Okay. Quickly, why do you think those are? Michael's favorite song. So I think he loves the bluntness of Ari. We've also all been there. Like we said, good dick is a prison. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think bodies as well. Like just, we've all been in that place where we've maybe made some poor decisions under alcohol. But I think some of my best memories of Mm -hmm. Hayashi and I are us 
going to parties and maybe drinking a little bit too much and wondering how we got home. But yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I okay. think your favorite songs are. I'm I'm going to actually agree with Casey on the first one, Ari's Tale, and I think the other one is. Lost one. Um, okay. I think Ari Stell, similar to what Casey said, I think it's the most relevant. Uh, or you can relate to it. We all can relate to it. And then Lost one. I think. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. I'm going to take that back. I actually think oh. maybe other side because of the strings. Oh. I mean, like strings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait. So. <laughs> This is funny because that's not my favorite, but you guys know me so well that <laughs> I completely understand why you guys chose those songs. Love it. So my actual favorite is Donna's Tale. Oh. Okay. And this is why. Because I just can't wait to get to that age when we're all old and like <laughs> shooting this shit and yes. like talking about all the ho shit that we used to do. <laughs> And just like laughing and like telling stories. So like, like just so like now. <laughs> Literally. Well, yeah. I just cannot wait for that and like to tell my grandchildren like, yeah, I used to be the motherfucking one. Like, period. But also, <laughs> period. But also, it reminded me of Crazy Rich Asians mm. because. You know, like the character Astrid, she like had all this money and she was a boss bitch and her husband, Michael, like he couldn't take it. He didn't know how to act in a relationship where he wasn't the dominant one or the money maker or X, Y, and Z. And I just think it's such a great reflection of society and just the fact that like men straight, especially straight men need to just be comfortable with powerful women and they're not so that's all i gotta say about that i love I that mean, the lessons <laughs> the lessons, <laughs> the lessons. <laughs> so good <laughs> amen that's my fave that's your faves okay so let's try to guess casey's um Ooh. i will go <laughs> first i think I definitely think Lost One is one of your favorites. And I'm going to stick to Ari's tale. I think Lost One's because of the emotion behind the track. Um, And I think that you can connect easily to that one. How about you, Mikey? Okay. I mean, pick up your feelings. Like, that's just a boss bitch bitch song. And... (laughs) I feel so hype when I hear that. Um, I, so I feel like either that or Ari's Tale. So it's Ari's Tale, but also yeah. honest. I mean, that's just like my favorite. I feel like it's it's okay. such a I'm here, I'm not bitch. I just love that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I still, I will always say That's the fact that she called it. him a bitch. I was like, yes, <laughs> demean <laughs> this man. 
Iris. <laughs> it was good. Be little him. Let him know. Drag him. <laughs> Bow legged ass. Bow legged. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. I love that. Uh, Ooh, you guys Vincent. are trying to mine. Okay, let me just tell you, I have two. You have two? Yeah. Should I go Damn. first? Sure, I think go it's for it. Case. Girl like me. And then I think I might go lost one as well. Oh. Oh my gosh. I honestly this this one's hard for me. <laughs> I feel like maybe it's this I know this is wrong, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Bodies. Okay. <laughs> or or excuse me, rather. And <laughs> um uh, oh my god, I don't know. I feel like I'm on the spot. Um, <laughs> There's no pressure. R- Rashida's tail. Rashida's, Rashida's tail. tail. That one too. Okay. Because that's like an honest, open uh, it's beautiful. type of conversation. So my favorite songs are actually Other Side and Put It Down. Oh, okay. Now, the reason why Other Side is my favorite, one of my favorites, is because of the keys, the violins, and... The way that it transitions from Amanda's transitions into Amanda's tale, like there's something so intelligent and smart to me about that that transition and that connection, because it is just like, oh, I'm talking about my body and getting my body done and trying to get rich and like I think like I said earlier, like that song also helped me check my own kind of like internal system and taught me a really great lesson. And then yeah. put it down is my favorite because I am a sucker for any song. <laughs> That is open enough in the chorus where I can start singing harmonies and doing jazz. Yes. Riffs. <laughs> yes. So that okay. song was like open enough in the chorus where I was like, okay, 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 okay. I'm doing some fun little jazz riffs over this. This is good. I'm into this. And the production is really good. And Jasmine sounds so good on that song. It's not even the content of the song. It's really just the melody and the production of the song, I'm just like, it's Ooh, so put it good. down as fire. Yeah. And it's also just really funny. <laughs> that makes so what much I'm, sense to me. What so I'm much. realizing now is like, this is such a pregame album. Like, I would listen to this before I go out. You know what I mean? Like, get oh, my yeah. hype up and my confidence. Like, and 100%. It's like, I'm putting on my, like, favorite outfit that I know I look fucking good in. And I'm about to walk up in this place like, I am that bitch. And what? <laughs> and <laughs> what? <laughs> and I might go home with one of y'all. And if I don't, it's because I didn't. I have chosen not to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. It's great. So, yeah, shout out again to Jasmine Sullivan. Thank you for this album. And uh, as we've been talking about, we're doing this episode based off of some of the things that you guys are suggest- suggesting. So, we also wanted to answer another question. That came from Robin Ramen via Instagram. And the question is, one album that you would like to listen to for the first time again and why? So uh, we'll, have, uh, we'll have Mikey start this time. <clears throat> oh. Shout out, Robin. Shout out. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Robin, you. for the question. Yeah, this is actually a really, really good question and probably one I wouldn't have thought of on my own. Yeah, it's great. 
um, don't laugh at me, please. <laughs> I'm excited I'm about this already. Excited. Just because you said that. <laughs> Just don't laugh at me. It had one million percent. It's Britney Spears' baby. Oh my time. god. Okay. Yeah. I cannot tell. This was probably one of my first like CDs for you kids out there. <laughs> Is go. You know what? Actually, go right. Google it. <laughs> Google it. But just the pure nostalgia of me listening to "Baby One More Time" with my head, like my on my Walkman, like perfectly placed on my chest, laying in bed, and like making sure I wasn't moving to one side or another because you know when the skip. CD starts to tilt, <laughs> yeah. then you can't really hear what's going on. Yep. Um, but there's just so many bangers on that album and to be completely real born to make you happy is the one that's the one for I'm not me mad at that. I, I love that song and the music video gorgeous perfection <laughs> love it and it lets it black out listen okay. <laughs> and black out was the one and also, and also the self titled Britney yeah too great Britney Spears. Wait, what yep. was Womanizer on? Yeah. How about you, Casey? Oh, that was on. Uh, was that on Circus? Oh, maybe. Yes. Yeah, that was on I'm Circus. I'm so trash. I actually like. That was a great okay. album too, actually. Was, yeah. Yo, no, Circus. It was, was Circus. Was Womanizer was fire. Womanizer was a great song. Where Britney kind of fell off was Glory. Oh yeah. And whatever that album was that came out after Womanizer. One thousand um so do not judge me for this album i know you guys are gonna be like what the fuck so i would like to hear i like it when you sleep for you are so beautiful yet so unaware of it by the 1975 Ooh, i love this album this must yeah this must be my dream and somebody else i think i could listen to on repeat for the rest of my life i just love them can we please do a field trip? Because I, I've heard that they're going on tour um, once everything opens up, and I would like to go see them at the Hollywood Bowl with both of you and Andrew. So I would love Absolutely. to do this together. I'm in. Andrew okay. won't go, but I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I know my husband very well. He won't go, but I will I just want to... And I, <laughs> Remind me to. I'm down to pull some strings Sorry, too. To like, so I went last time I was at the Hollywood Bowl. I went to Logic's concert, and my homegirl at Live Nation got us like a box. And I'm down to be like, can you get us a box again for 90s? Because it literally is like you're in your own box. The people come up are like, do you want food? Do you want water? Do you want drinks? I want to do that. I'm old. I'm down. Look, if you can if you can finagle some chicken tenders and some fries, Andrew and they will come. and they bring them to you. That's the greatest part. You order, they bring, and sometimes you don't even have to pay for it. They just bill it back to Live Nation. So I'm like, Ooh, let's do this. Yes, queen. <laughs> yeah, no, the box is great. Um, my album is. Mm-hmm. I won't give you guys a caveat of don't judge me because I feel confident about this. <laughs> Let me fill my oats. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Okay, so it's a little I bit of a like controversial uh, pick. I'm not going to lie. But one of my favorite albums oh of all my time God. is... 
What is in the wine today? It's is my favorite my episode. Robin Thicke. <laughs> oh my god. But wait. But wait. Is by is when Robin Thicke was going by thick. He was no, just no, 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 thick. No, 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 no. It was his, he was just thick. <laughs> it's his first <laughs> album. It came out in 2002 and it's called A Beautiful World. You know what? World. I'm here his with you on this journey. His first single is called yeah, When I Get continue. You Alone. And it is amazing song. It is such, his first album as just the name Thick Mm-mm. is a really great album. It is really, really, really good. And it's one of my favorite albums. I still listen to it to this day. It is, it is the year of Rihanna 2021. And 2002 was the year of NSYNC. And I'm still listening to that album in the year of Rihanna. So it's a great album. No, that song was really good. It was it circulated MySpace for a while, I think. That's how yep, I think it I circulated it. MySpace for a bit. Mm-hmm. He had really long hair. He I was like this little I was just going to say the hair he had. Yeah. Damn. It's a really great album. The songs in there are so beautiful. The evolution of Robin Thicke. Pharrell carried that so album. It was so good. Oh, 1000%. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. I have no shame. It's one of my favorite albums. Um, but y'all can judge me on Twitter. I, I respect don't care. it. <laughs> but, yes, uh, we're going to come back. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into Casey's pick of the week and her baddie of the week. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we're back. I'm here to give you my baddie of the week and pick of the week. So pick of the week is going to go to an artist named FKJ. And the song is going to be Can Goo. And my baddies of the week are, I'm going to be a little bit selfish. They're going to be my friends and my BGHP fam. So BGHP, if you don't know, you probably don't. It's Black and Brown Girl Holiday Party. And they are all of my women of color in the Bay Area who have supported me and just been around me for the last few years. We have such a good time together. My favorite memory is that my mom's 40, let me not say that. My mom's birthday was, (laughs) (laughs) we can cut that out. (laughs) My mom's birthday birthday was, (laughs) for my mom's last birthday before quarantine. For my mom's last birthday before quarantine, we had our black and brown girls holiday party and we all decided to pull up with my mom for her birthday and we had such a good time. And we also have a con- like a costume contest or like who's the best dress and it's just amazing to be supported by so many women. We have graphic designers, lawyers, we have women that work in tech, we have people that are creatives and it's just so nice to be supported by so many women of color so i love you guys and you guys are my baddies of the week it's lit yes yes yeah thank you guys for listening to the podcast this week we'll be back next week with another suggestion from you guys if you have an album that you want us to review please let us know via dm on instagram at this is btgu or you can shoot us an email at this is btgu at gmail.com also if you have any other questions let us know uh we're looking forward to coming back for episode 11 we got two more episodes for the season which is crazy 
And uh, but we want to say thank you guys so much. You can check us out at www.thisisbtgu.com. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and uh, take care of yourselves, and we love you. Peace. Love you. Bye. Deuces.